Welcome to Signal Fire Radio, where we destroy the villainous philosophy of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations that are designed to feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and nurture your relationships. Our special guest today is Rob Campbell from Rob Campbell Leadership, retired Army colonel and now leadership and executive coach, where we will discuss what a duck and a leader should have in common. Stick with us right here on Signal Fire Radio. Ooh, that sounds kind of nice. Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Signal Fire Radio. I'm not sure if you could hear Matt Mylot drumming on the ones and twos in the background. Is that, Evan, is that picking that up in there? A little bit. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Matt Mylot, my good friend. I'm also joined by Evan Anderson. We call him the muscle hamster. Hashtag, he does not wear a large t-shirt. My yes, name is Rob Renz. No, he doesn't. He does not wear a large. Those it's are large. mediums. Those are mediums. But you're not tall enough to ride. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a large, but it goes down to my knees. <laughs> if you're just tuning in for the first time, you're probably like, what the heck did I stumble across? Well, if you did, we hope that you'll stick with us for just a few more minutes. This is Signal Fire Radio. I'm your host, Rob Renz, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, business owner, voted number one coolest guy, Evan in the room. In the room by my five-year-old daughter. That's, I mean, That's no contest. Praise. That's high praise. No competition. Yeah. Eh, what we do here at Signal Fire is uh, I'm a veteran. Matt's a veteran. Evan is a veteran, soon to be uh, an active duty veteran, I guess, if you will. CSV, currently serving veteran. I'm going to get it right. Currently serving veteran with uh, out in Fayetteville. And, uh, and so what we do is we explore the psychology of transition. I guess, if you would, the uh, mindset, the mindset heading into it, because what we want to do is is people like myself and Matt who have been through it um, and Evan, who's going through it. We want to connect our community with leaders who can assist in this transition, because we know enough. This is something that we know enough about um, is that on the other end, on the back end of it, life is completely different. And uh, the more planning that you put into it, the more ownership of it that you take, the higher your quality of life is. Mm -hmm. And so we started Signal Fire to serve as an opportunity for the three of us to chat about whatever's on our mind. Uh, Sometimes it's about Matt playing (laughs) desk drums with his fingers. Uh, But in most cases, it's about how can you educate yourself and implement some wellness practices, mind, body, spirit, and tribe to give you a better and higher quality of life on the back end of military transition. Now, the other thing is, Evan, we believe that the military community is one that can be looked at for solutions to outside issues, to, right. to larger societal issues, sure. right? And we, we believe that um, because, well, when we have perspective, <laughs> really good perspective too as well, but it's an incredibly diverse community, diversity of thought, a uh, lot of lived and shared experiences, and we know uh, that with good leadership, principled moral fiber, that uh, great things can happen when people are really committed to that. So uh, we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. We've got an awesome guest. Uh, Evan had to snap to attention when he walked into the room after his after his aide dropped him off. Yeah. Do you want to introduce him? I think you should. Okay. I think I'm, I'm still sweating from the palms. <laughs> wet palms. Wet palms. Wet palms. Wet palms. Uh, yes, our friend Rob Campbell, published author of two really, really good books. Rob's an amazing storyteller. I, have you had the chance to read his books yet, Evan? No. Okay. Well, no. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm almost done with. It's not personnel. It's personal. Did I get that right? It's personal, not it's personal. personal. It's personal. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. When I, I'm almost done with it, I'm gonna let you read it. I'm gonna gift it to you. And then another book that he's written called At Ease. And we were just talking with him earlier. He his he's. Slaving away at another one. So we've got another one in the shoot. I so. can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine. That's well, incredible. his real job when he's not writing books is uh, after he got out of, the, out of the Army as a retired colonel. That's why Evan had to snap to attention is he's now a, a leadership consultant. and Real colonel, by the way. Real colonel. Real not, colonel. A not a light not one. Not a light one. The, the full bird, as they might say. 
Well, I get his emails every single day. And, uh, and so he has, um, you know, whether he knew it or not, every time I see the email come through, there's a lot of value in those emails. And so I printed off a couple that I want to talk to him about today because there are things that I've struggled with in my past too as well, Matt. And I want to, I want to talk about one in particular. Why do you look at me when you're talking about struggle? Because I think, I think this is going to be one that, that really hits home with you too as well. I'm going to start by telling a story and how ridiculous I feel telling this story. <laughs> so, so my first job, I get out of the Marine Corps. I'm going to school, and I go to work at a grocery store. Fantastic grocery store chain. I love grocery stores. I do, too. I'm, I, maybe I do it's too. My, my fondness for CPG or maybe it's my marketing mindset, but grocery stores are just the Ooh, best. I think that's a good. Matt, question of the day. Which grocery store is best? Safeway. Sorry. Mm, we were actually looking for Publix. Mm, Sorry. Pu Publix maybe, is the grocery store that I worked at. Maybe next time, Matt. Publix is the grocery store that I worked at. But I worked there, and I was on the, I was on the grocery team. So do you know what the grocery team does, Mila? Baggers. Yeah. No. 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 We stock, Stalkers. We stock the shelves. We stock the shelves. So I worked crazy hours, like 3 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, was so that's shift. where you get it. Swing, yeah, maybe. Swing man. shift. Yeah, the maybe swing. That's graveyard. I don't know which one that is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but we worked weird hours. And I took extreme ownership. One of my favorite books ever. I took extreme ownership of my tasks on, on the grocery team. And I got an email from Rob Campbell. And it's about waterfowl and leaders and what they should have in common. And you're a big outdoorsman, right, Matt? Hunting is not my my thing i want it to be but i have zero experience well spear fishing you're, yeah. re you're really yeah. into that well what what the what the premise of the email was is that waterfowl mostly represented by ducks um possess characteristics that leaders leaders ought to have ought to have too, i always so. thought that was dirty water what it's an it's a, it's a duck no that's foul water you're, you're no, mixing. foul with a w oh foul 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 okay quack quack <laughs> but what what stood out to me was the bullet point he said, a person who refuses to let j daily challenges sink into his or her skin. That's the characteristic that a waterfowl and a leader should have in common. Now, why I'm embarrassed to tell this story about why I got fired from the grocery store, I didn't really get fired. I got moved to another location because I was a little bit too intense mm. for the rest of the grocery crew. Okay, and this is post-Marine Corps? Post-Marine post, post -Marine Corps. Yeah, post-Marine Corps. Um, I was I was not a, a good good person to work with, and at Publix, of I all was places. I was I was whew, I was way up here with my expectations about how things should run, and I wasn't the boss. I wasn't the leader. I was really? I was nothing. Even at Publix, I, and and from every Publix that I've ever been to, it's been exceptional. Yeah, with customer service, with cleanliness, and they still didn't meet your. No, no, Recently no. separated marine standard? No, I think all of that did. Like, you know, you know the difference between front of house and back of house, right? Like, once you get through those swinging gray doors at a, at a grocery store, and, you know, I'm out on the aisles and I'm interacting with customers, I was pretty cool. But I had zero respect for my manager. Mm. I thought he was a slob, and I just let him know. In the back room, oh, it's giving me agita just thinking about it. The back room would be a mess, and I, I wanted, like, everything covered and aligned. You know, like the boxes all had to be stacked. Dress right, dress. Yeah, 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 dude. It was, it was insane. So when when Rob sent me this email, I was like, dude, we got to talk about that on the podcast because I struggled with it and I continue to struggle with it at times today, where I let small nagging, unimportant things get under my skin. Mm. Matt, you ever dealt with that post military <clears throat> transition, post military career? Because I know, because I'm if if not, I'm going to prod you with a story that you told me that you may not want to share. So you might as well give a good one. No, I trust me. There's nothing about me that I would hide. There's some <laughs> things that are not appropriate for radio, but um, every day, I mean, still to this day, I mean, if if you ask my wife, my biggest struggle is you're like making a mountain out of a molehill, right? And in my mind, I'm trying to justify to her the reasoning behind it. So yeah. How does that normally go when you're trying to justify it? Not good. Not good. No. Nah. Do you do you because I, I think sometimes when I'm trying to be introspective, I try to look back on it at the end and be like, dude, why did I why did I let that bother me so much? And adding to that, when, you know, 
heart rate's dropped. I've caught my air. I've chilled out. And I look back. Never once when I was sitting there justifying my actions at the time did they resonate with me, you know, the next right. day. It's like, it's like two different people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so in this email, he he made a really good point is that um, you should never let uh, your associates or the people that work with you work for you should never let them see you sweat. And I think metaphorically what he was saying is is about being very even keeled, Mm -hmm. you know, like not too high, not too low, not in the red, you know, and, and these are things that I struggled with early on in post transition. And I think we, I'm really excited to be able to unpack why he thinks that is the way that it is. Um, Cause I think a lot of other people have dealt with it and continue to deal with it. You know, there's a statistic that we've shared plenty of times is that uh, 67% of newly transitioned veterans will quit their first job within the first two years of their EAS or their ETS state mm-hmm. and will express overall dissatisfaction with the company that they were employed by. Yeah, and these are like doomsday prophecies right. for me, you know, right. just staring down that barrel. Well, that's why you're here, buddy. That's why we said, nah, we're not going to let you go off and, you know, and go to the corporate giant. No, you don't even need a suit. I mean, just you don't need to. You don't need to do your resume. You're good here. That's that's the goal. Evan it's... thinks he's moving to Columbia, South Carolina. He's hashtag he's not. I have to. <laughs> I belong in the woods, Rob. <laughs> I guess you can do all this remote. So so, anyways, we're gonna talk with Rob about that now, Evan. From an active duty perspective, because one of the things that we do and, and why we like to have this show set up the way that it is is. You know, we're kind of spanning some generations here. Matt has to have an age waiver to be on the show because he is older than you and I. Yep. Um, the elder statesman of Signal Fire Radio, if you will. Um, you know, so we want good perspective from from this this group of people. You know, um, how do you see the the concept that that Rob has brought up, waterfowl and leaders, and not letting things get under your skin and not letting you know, people see you sweat. How does that play out right now with where you're at being on active duty and then moving into kind of phase two of your life? I mean, I think that's, it's a perfect comparison. You know, you always hear that, that expression like water off a duck's back and you never, you never think about comparing yourself to that, you know, but ducks don't let anything bother them. And in the, in the military, you know, we, we learn not to take things too personally because there's a lot of things that we can't, we can't change. We can't, we can't do anything about, and there's no sense in getting worked up over it. Uh, Michael Halterman actually recommended a great book called The Four Agreements um, not too long ago, yep. and, I, and I dove in and I read it, and one of the, the agreements that you have to make with yourself and really with the rest of the world is don't take anything personally. And, you know, you can't, you can't control what other people do. You can't control your surroundings. You can only control your reactions, and that's the same in the military as it is during your transition and it's the same in a, in the civilian workforce you know we can only we can only project our emotions we mm-hmm. can't we can't control the inputs only the output mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. matt what do you think i totally agree with what you're saying but a question came to my mind and i want to just compare my observations of myself to what your guys are of of yourselves i mean i i could literally say that at least daily I'm confronted with a very minute thing that affects me way more. It's amplified of how much it should affect me. Mm-hmm. Like how frequently do you guys feel like you experience that? I think I'm getting better with it. <laughs> I think I want to say that I'm getting better, but every time, you know, like on LinkedIn, there's, there's business leaders, you know, air quotes are starting to get, um, more wise to being vulnerable and and understanding that people make mistakes and i think that's good for for leaders to recognize that people make mistakes because we you know we all make mistakes even the most infallible of leaders you know jocko makes mistakes maybe maybe but maybe you know know, coming coming to realize that and um you know understanding that we're that we're human and and not letting those things define us i have a wife who reminds me regularly when i'm being ridiculous so uh (laughs) I have I have made it as a real point to work on it for like the past five or six years. And actually, honestly, you know, now that we're having this conversation, part of the reason why I got out of the corporate world 
and came to really work for myself was because these these things that would normally irritate me, I felt like were out of my control. I didn't have any power to fix it or do anything about it. Well, now as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I'm wholly responsible for these things. You know, if it's if it's a if it's a matter of processes or product or system, at the end of the day, I own that now. So I feel maybe it's come down a little bit. Like you know, Rob Campbell will agree with with me, and you guys probably will too as well. Like running your own business, there's no shortage of of, of issues that you have to take care of every day. But I think the way that you react to them is a little bit different. Um, because you know, you're not like, you're not like on the other end of a zoom call, which is another thing that uh, we're going to discuss with Rob is like how in the age and the era of zoom discipline and levels of standards are coming down. And he's just, he was, he was talking to us about this before we started the show, um, his correlation to military discipline and effectiveness and how those two things are related. But you know, I, I don't, I don't, in, in the old days when, before I, <laughs> in the before, um, you mean when I was in the Marine Corps? No, 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 no. When I was, when I was like in the corporate world, world, when I was in the corporate world and it was like, things aren't getting done and they're frustrating me, you know, it's because we would have teams and collaboration and all this stuff and it would, didn't feel like it would ever go anywhere. So I feel like since I've removed that uh, from, yeah, it's like a, it's like a fugazi. A fugazi, fugazi. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. It's fairy dust, right? Right. <laughs> to quote a little Wolf of Wall Street. Hashtag Evan's never seen Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. But anyways, we're gonna we're gonna have like some really really great conversations with Rob about this. Um, and if we have some time, if we have some time, there's another thing that came across my inbox from him, which is about walking the tightrope of micromanagement. Ooh, ooh, Matt, are you a micromanager? I would like to think I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, the answer is yes, Matt. <laughs> Is a micromanager. That was the answer that we were looking for. So, hey, we want to thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to have author, speaker, overall intellectual, and good dude Rob Campbell join us, and he's going to share some wisdom with us. Stick with us. We will be back in just a minute. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Signal Fire Radio. Thank you so very much for being here. We have an amazingly special guest with us right now that I connected with. I don't know, man. I think you're one of the first people in town that I connected with. Really? Yeah, I think so. We met uh, We met to get coffee, and it was closed. I remember. And then we went to the Dixie Grill. Yeah. And I'm, you had a biscuit. That's all you had was a biscuit with butter. <laughs> Is that your regular go-to order for breakfast? Oh, hell no. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it on thick, man. I'll get the full meal deal yeah. here at Wilmington. For some reason, I guess I was going light that morning. I guess so. Matt, question of the day. Of all of the available breakfast meats, which one is best? Bacon. Why'd you even hesitate with yeah. that? Yeah. Sorry, Matt. We were actually looking for Scrapple. Scrapple. Scrapple was the correct oh. answer. That's what I said. What I is, said Scrapple. What is Scrapple? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's like spam, but even gross. Did you really say Scrapple? My headphones aren't up that loud. Damn it. No, I, I really didn't say Scrapple. He, okay. well. he said He said bacon, which he's technically not wrong about, but because hashtag... Matt is never right. Matt's never right. It's never Sorry, right. Matt. Scrapple was Maybe the answer that we were looking for. <laughs> oh, I love it. Rob, man, thanks for being here, bud. Great to be here. So tell us what's going on in your life. So you're you're through two books. You're writing another one. Yeah. You're you're killing it in the executive leadership game. Mm-hmm. You're hiring some people. You're growing. You're scaling. I am. What? You just, you just told the story. I told the story, but I can't tell it like you would. No, I, uh, it's been an interesting year. I mean, you know, when, when the pandemic started, it, First question I wanted to ask, what are the opportunities here, right? That's the positive approach to take to this. And uh, the, the, I've really done a lot of introspection in, in looking at my business, maybe working on my business instead of in my business this year. So, yeah, I brought in two military spouses, built the team out a bit, focused in on executive coaching and speaking, the two things I love to do, because I've done a variety of things in leadership. Got a leadership problem, I'll come in and consult, help, roll my sleeves up, whatever that is. But I really enjoy the coaching and speaking, so... I've narrowed that down. I bought a CRM system into a CRM system to kind of get my funnel working, you know, and I start interacting with folks to manage those relationships a bit better. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Really excited to get into 2021. Yeah. Now you had a a, a very long and decorated military career. Mm. Tell us a little bit about, you know, we, we like to look forward on this show, but we also like to see where we came from. Sure. So. Yeah, uh, happened by accident, right? I was a basketball freak in high school. I just loved it, played all the time. Got to college, didn't make the team. 
Really? There goes that passion, right? <laughs> Screeching a halt. So, I mean, really, it was just, you know, as I reflect back on it, I wasn't thinking about it formally at the time, but, wow, I need something to do. Yeah. And uh, ran out of money at the same time. And here's an Army National Guard in Massachusetts offering these, you know, sign-up bonuses. Okay, that's beer money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm serious. It didn't go much further than that. <laughs> My dad was a reservist. I thought, all right, this would be part-time income. Pretty cool. No wars happening. So I signed up. Yeah. And then figured out, yeah, I kind of like this. You know, leadership challenge and, and, you know, being with people and growing and, you know, the, the, the ability to travel. And so I said, okay, I want to do this after I graduate. And off I went in 1990. Never looked back. 27 years. So. <clears throat> wow. It's about showing up, working hard, you know, trying to make a difference. And um, I was fortunate. I had some leaders and underwrote my mistakes and saw things in me that um, maybe others wouldn't. Gave me a shot. And amazing career. Yeah. Do it all over again. Why did you decide to stay in southeastern North Carolina? Uh, come to this area yeah, here? This yeah, area. we were stationed at Fort Bragg in the 82nd for five years. Um, originally from Massachusetts, but uh, too expensive, too cold up there. And just loved being down here in the south and yeah. fell in love with the coast and the mountains. I uh, didn't have a heart set particularly on North Carolina, but we had vacationed a lot at Topsail Island. And when the time came, it was the decision, a formal decision of geography over job. We picked geography, came here to the coast. Now, that's something um, you, you do a lot of nonprofit work yep. uh, through Vet to CEO. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I've heard you say a couple times when you speak is, like, that should be that geography over job should mm -hmm. be one of the first considerations that people make. Am I, am I summarizing that correctly? Well, it's, it speaks to uh, a bigger thing, um, Rob. It's, it's, we're asking the wrong question when veterans transition. Rob, thanks for your service. Matt, thanks for your service. What do you want to do? The question is, who are you? Inside of that is, where do you want to live and what life do you want? It's all encompassed in that. That's what you figure out first, agnostic of everything. You start with that. You get some clarity. Okay, this is who I am. This is why I'm placed on this earth. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what will get me out of bed in the morning. And then you create the life around that. doesn't mean you don't get a job. doesn't mean you might just go live in Chicago. We don't necessarily want to be. But you keep your eye on that target and get to that place that you want to be. So. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your personal journey there then to to answer those questions for you. And then yeah. how did that how did that dovetail into your profession now? What I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was fortunate in the in the military. I went through this course called True Growth. You can find it online. True Growth. They've got a virtual um, online option to do it. But it was a, we a long weekend for me where. I got to figure out why I'm placed on this earth. I went through a series of different things, what was important to me, and picked certain words and certain things, and I thought, if I'm, am I in the season of growth, season of decline? You know, just kind of nailing down those things. Really the first time, one of the first times in my military career that I turned inward to focus on me and did some real deep introspection. Because normally it's about everybody else, the organization, the team. I came out of that with this, uh, that I'm placed on this earth to make a difference in the lives of others through optimistic leadership. That sounds a bit like a bumper sticker, but that's that's it for me. I was I was fortunate to carry that with me as I transitioned out because the guys teaching that course had already retired. Some of these guys were general officers, and they found unhappiness because they didn't know what their core purpose was because the Army told them that. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to think about that. And then they found themselves with a blank sheet of paper and just wound up being unhappy, and this is where they got back to who are they truly. So that informed the journey coming out. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate, again, I've got a, a, a good healthy pension as a retired colonel, so it gives me options others don't have. I decided to take a year off. My wife taught school to get us over the hump. Just to think about and process 27 years and three combat tours, it was really important to do that. And still not knowing exactly where I wanted to go, but I knew I enjoyed writing and stumbled into book writing. And while doing that, I'm like, I could sell this. I could invest in people i could you know make a difference in the lives of others and make it a business and so that's the route that's the route i took off on yeah so when we were talking ahead of time um and you mentioned it there you, you had the opportunity to take some time off mm -hmm. we've had other guests on here who haven't mm -hmm. been able to do that matt's transition was incredibly hectic where you know he thought he was gonna go to flight school and then the next day he wasn't and so yeah. he was on his way to california but everybody who said they didn't get the chance to do that wish they had, and everybody who did is thankful 
that yes. they did. Now, we talked a little bit about it before you came on. Um, you know, you're a well-read man, so we base a lot of what we think about here with, with the Signal Fire crew off of the book Struggle Well, mm-hmm. um, which was written by Ken Falk, and, mm-hmm. and his kind of five-step process to what they tag c- coined as post-traumatic growth is educate, disclose, regulate, write your new story, and then acts of service. And we were talking a little bit about regulation. What is that like for you? Like when you're like, okay, this is more than Rob Campbell can handle right now. I need to get back into the zone. What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's it's where I've got to go back to. If you know, for me, it's about priorities. I mean, it, it's when I went through the military and in modern business I have the same problem. You've got both of you have more to do on your to do list than you have the time to execute. That's always the case. Now the pressure can creep up and can really get intense. And it's about going back to what's really truly important and working on those small things. Okay, I want to be an executive coach. I want to I want to speak. So I'm going to focus on those areas and try and push out the other noise that doesn't belong. So you're prioritizing. It's not a to-do list, a priority list, and you stay true to that because either your priorities are important or they're not. So that's that's something I I try to do. I try to structure my day uh, where I'm not going to email right out of right out of the shot, you know that that miracle morning, right, mm-hmm. where I get up and I'll write um, at 5 a.m. because I can crank out words and I can really think and it's quiet and I'm, I'm by myself. Then I'll go get a workout and I'll come back, make some coffee, and hang out with my wife. And that really sets the tone for the rest of my day. It helps me regulate. Just that's you know you don't think about it much, but that that few hours in the morning it sets the tone for the rest of the day that I can. I can, I can, uh, I can navigate it. And then I, I've, I struggle with this. I'm not going to sit here and confess I got this right, but I, I, I try to get out of social media and email because it's a magic, you know, it's, it's, you're looking for that. It's a dopamine. Hit. Yeah. And the more I can stay off of that and focus on writing, doing the things that I love doing, then, then I'm more regulated. Yeah. I'm a better person. Yeah. And, and you also mentioned uh, travel, looking forward to going somewhere, unplugging. Yeah. How has that become? you know, an important and integral part into your creative process or mm. that your ability to lead, you know, your organization even. Yeah. I, I've always got to have a trip on the horizon. The pandemic has been tough because, you know, a lot of stuff just goes away. My business by default allowed me to travel and go to different places and interact. And that was good. It was fulfilling. Um, and now that I'm not doing that so much, I do a lot of my stuff virtually. It's just about getting a trip on the books. You know, we'll go to the mountains and, and get away from things, take some time and focus, and I can get some writing done. It's just really fulfilling. Um, so I, I look to that a lot. I try and keep that on the calendar a lot. Even in the smallest forms, I was talking to my wife about this before I came over. Um, during Thanksgiving week, I carved out some time because I really wanted to get cranking on book number three, but I needed that space. But I had to get out of the house. So I went over to one of the local coffee shops here. Uh, early in the morning, stayed there for the entire day. I was in like a cocoon, but I was in a different environment. I got away from all the noise, and I was able to really do some writing, and it was wonderful. I mean, it's just really, really good. My publisher says, you know, go get a hotel room just for a day. You don't need to stay the night, but just go. And it, because you're putting money down on it, right, you're now, now you're the pressure's on to get something done and, and get something out of it. So that's what travel and changing environments does for me, and I got to keep doing that. Yeah. Everything uh, you're describing, and in a minute we're going to let you psychoanalyze Matt because I know you heard him <laughs> talking about how you know things are getting under his skin more frequently, and that's yeah. something that I think you know you can offer a lot of value. to. I didn't say more frequently. Oh, I just said it happens frequently. Okay, okay. It's just it's if it's always happening, then it can't get more or less frequent. Correct. It's okay. just, it's just, every day is as bad as it can be. <laughs> he, he picked bacon, so he's on my team. He right? did. All right. Yeah, he did. All right. You get a pass for that, Matt. But uh, you know all of this stuff that you're talking about requires discipline. Um, and, and I think, you know, my, my personal opinion on this is that as a cohort, military people are more inclined to have more discipline, but into your, you know, get your thoughts on this. After we get out of the military, it's very easy to, to lose that discipline. Mm. And you brought up a point about that in the corporate world and the virtual world that we're living in right now. So talk about how you maintain your level of discipline to execute on all these plans and these strategies and, and being self-aware enough to go, okay, I need to unplug a little bit, but then when to plug back in. Right. The, uh, 
you, you know, in the military, we're never alone. From the moment you raise your hand to, to enlist, to sign up, um, you're never alone. You always have somebody around you. That person is typically a sergeant. And so, Matt, I assume that was a void in your life when you got out. There was that person to keep you in check because we will drift, drift back into our comfort zones. We'll lose that discipline. We'll become complacent unless we've got an accountability partner out there. So for me, I've replaced that person with coaches and mentors. I've got coaches that can call me out on things where I'm about to make a life decision on mm -hmm. something because they know me. Okay, I think we're going to be unhappy doing that, right? Uh, both military and civilian has been very helpful, especially on the civilian side because I'm now in that space and I, I work in private business. So it's helpful for me to have that accountability coach and, and kind of maintain that discipline. We, we bring that with us. It's important in the military because lives are at stake. It's a bit easier, right? Company X on Main Street, USA, lives are not at stake. Livelihoods are. Um, and, and there can be some discipline associated with that for sure. But in the military, this is real deal. If you don't get this right and there isn't that level of discipline, you're in deep trouble. Um, you, you see less of that sometimes in the private sector because they don't have the experience that we have had. I commiserate a lot with veterans about, you know, oh, my God, you should see the leader in this organization. <laughs> oh, my. I, what in the world did he or she just say? But you have to be fair. I mean, we, 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 we are fortunate because of the experience we have. They, the military can send us away to school for a year. A company right. can't do that. Right. They don't teach leadership in, in an MBA uh, in school anywhere. And all of a sudden, you're putting these people in leadership positions. They're at a huge disadvantage. And along with that comes that breakdown in discipline. So you, before we head into break, we got about a minute, minute and a half left. Uh, <laughs> you had a funny anecdote about Zoom, yeah, and how discipline relates to the Zoom culture, yeah. meeting culture that we're in right now. Tell us a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, all right. So here it comes. I, I'm going to do a newsletter on uh, my, my December newsletter this weekend, and the the title of it will be something around uh, what Zoom sessions and combat zones have in common. Quick story: December 2009. Worst Christmas I've ever had. <laughs> uh, I'm on this uh, remote base on the border, border of Pakistan, serving chow to the guys, you know, making life as good as we can in a combat zone. You know, feeling good, great camaraderie at that moment. My boss calls me. Full colonel at the time, I was a lieutenant colonel. He's on one of my bases, which is several hours from me. And there's a lack of discipline completely there. And he rips me up one side, down the other. Rightfully so. You know, the lieutenant that picks him up at the uh, landing pad when he flies in, is, you know, he's got sideburns down like Elvis. I mean, you just you could see, <laughs> and that was just the start of it, right? So there was this, all this breakdown in discipline. Well, in combat, things like not grooming yourself, not holding, uh, you know, up to discipline to standards and, and things that are important, that might seem trivial, leads directly to violations of, law of warfare on the battlefield, killing of non-combatants and things, because that breakdown of discipline starts with something simple as a haircut. And that's what he saw, and he was exactly right. So as I have watched and been involved in a lot of Zoom sessions in private companies that I'm fortunate to work with, I've seen the same kind of thing happen. It's complacency and this lack of discipline. Think of how easy it is to go into a Zoom session nowadays. Right. You literally click into it. You know, a minute before, you can be there. And then now you're into it. And, that, and what I'm seeing is, you know, people are showing up in T-shirts, unshaven, you know, wearing their PT shorts. You know, they get a bowl of chips, you know, all this crap in the background. The dog is barking. This is going on. That's a breakdown of discipline. Would you do that in a meeting in front of your boss? Is that how you would perform? No, you'd prepare before the meeting. You'd walk in and you'd be dressed professional. Now, I'm not saying we need to replicate that completely, but we've got to be cautious, I think, in some of these Zoom sessions. We let our guard down because, again, like on a combat zone in a business that leads to other breaks in discipline. Matt, you uh, recently, within the past couple of weeks, spent days, consecutive days, on a Zoom call, correct? Days. Yes. Yeah. Can you, can you confirm or deny whatever it is that Rob is saying right now? Well, I, Did you get that sense? I feel like I've just been lost in a whirlwind, but I, I also work in a fairly niched environment because I work at a, universe, a public university. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like we're constantly – all those calls were not with clients or, you know, um, but absolutely 100%. And, and it's really atrocious when you see people of, you know, notable rank within their organization yeah, and just yeah. 
just seeing the complacency and the the disconnect and it's yeah it's it's disenchanting when you see that yeah and it, it makes it difficult to get the value out of the interaction yeah we're going to take a break a quick break more with rob campbell when we get back you do not want to miss the final segment because we're going to let we're going to let rob straight up psychoanalyze matt who has an mba my lot right when we come back here on signal fire radio matthew are you ready no you just stepped out of the room uh on our break and, and rob and i were talking you know, and so the, just to reset for everybody, I got an email from Rob. His newsletter's fantastic. I recommend you go to his website, robcampbellleadership.com. Sign up for it. No sales pitch, no push, no nothing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I just – I like to, to get thoughtful insights sent to my email in the morning, and I print them off, and, and I read them, and it just gives me something to think about. And the one that he hit me with was waterfowl and leaders. What should they have in common? So, Rob, we'll let you set it up. What should waterfowl and leaders have in common? And then, Matt, we're just going to let him sink his teeth right into you, okay? Yeah, so waterfowl, you know, it was just a catchy title to really talk about ducks. And when I was a lieutenant uh, in the Army, I was a bit high-strung. I thought that's how you had to lead, right? Take the hill and, and just, you know, be emotional and get everybody, drive everybody towards that end. But I learned as, as I matured um, that, you know, that wasn't really effective. You just kind of had to let things kind of flow off of you. And uh, it was a senior non-commissioned officer, a first sergeant, that uh, was watching me across the parking lot of a motor pool. And I'm getting my, my butt chewed. This is twice now in this program I get my ass chewed. <laughs> that means you're doing good things. Yeah. It was a colonel, and I'm a Those lieutenant. Those are lessons right? you don't forget. That's why I hate colonels, and I became one. So wait, I, I just have a quick question. So when you said you when you were a lieutenant yeah. and you were high, strong, take the hill – so I was thinking about I can't remember the dude's name, but Ross from Friends. Oh yeah, the guy, uh, his his character and yeah. Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah. David Swimmer, yeah, yeah. Were you like you weren't that bad, were you? No, no. I, I want to be uh, in the airborne. <laughs> yeah, I put him more on the toxic side. I mean, there was just an evil something in him, right? I, you know, he couldn't connect. I mean, I always cared about the guys, but I just I had seen maybe a few bad examples, and I thought, okay, this is how you do it, right? And right. I learned quickly that no, that wasn't it. But I, I'm getting my butt chewed from this colonel. Uh, I mean, just tearing me upside one upside one side down the other, and I'm just sitting there taking it. And then you know he walks off and does this thing, and I just got back to what I was doing. And with first sergeant's looking at me across the park line, he's got a young lieutenant standing next to me. He says, See Lieutenant Campbell over there? He said he's like a duck. He just lets that stuff flow off his feathers, and you know learns to operate. And he told me that, and it just really sunk in with me the importance of not letting them see you sweat. The importance of <clears throat> calm it is really important i'm all about transparency and vulnerability i do believe that leaders ought to share with their people hey this is what i'm struggling with at the moment this is what's keeping me awake at night right not dumping that on their people but being transparent about it that's very powerful and people gravitate towards that but <clears throat> leaders set tone that's what really sums this up and what i wrote in that email is you know calmness is infectious and it is when whatever, however, a leader's demeanor, what they say, what they do, their word and their deed is infectious. And many don't appreciate that. And so when you react a certain way, certainly if you get emotional and amped up on things, it's going to affect everybody around you the same way. Uh, it dawned on me when Hurricane Florence came and the news, you know, was like the entire coast is destroyed. You know, Wilmington will be leveled. I mean, the, the language that was coming out of these news programs, I'm all about warning people and right. being real about it. But I mean, just the hysteria associated with this. And I was talking with a senior NCO. I said, it's a leader's job to remain calm. You know, the one person room that's got to remain calm. There's a, there's a time and place to get amped up, but that's really where waterfall and leaders come together. If you can do that, like a duck, your, your paddle, your, your, your pedals, you know, you may be pedaling like crazy underwater cause you're processing something, but, they could see that calm, cool, collective leader. You'll get through a lot of tough situations. Matt, just that helped me. I don't know about you. I don't know how deeply we need to take it with you now at this point. <laughs> so, let's, let's so one in there. <laughs> one thing I do want to say is that in 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 my military setting and then my law enforcement career, I had complete control. Like I took an ass chewing, like like Brad Pitt. Right. Right. I mean, I just. Roger that. And I get it to the to a fault now because when I'm having a very stern conversation and I've gotten better at it over the last few years, 
but I, I learned it in the military at least to to put this blank look on my face because and just boil underneath. Not even boil underneath, but just like, eh, whatever. Eh, okay, are you done? Yeah. Oh, you're not done. Okay, yeah, but 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 not letting him see it. So fast forward to the civilian side when I'm having a heart to heart deep conversation with you know my boss or somebody I report to, they'll have a conversation and they'll be like. Are you are you upset? Like I feel like you're like mad at me. I'm like no, no, I'm not mad at you. But it was something that I just taught myself in the Marine Corps because I I was that guy as a junior Marine that was always like I would I would like do something with my eyes and I would didn't know it but it would just set somebody off. So I taught myself to be stone cold. So fast forward to being a husband, father outside of the workplace. It's it's very humbling to see you know my friends and Rob. I've seen you in situations. That I was like, oh, Rob, I'm, I'm proud of the way you handled that because I, I wouldn't have. Um, so, you know, how can somebody that in one atmosphere can operate completely uh, resilient to that volatility mm-hmm. on you? And then in a different environment, it's like the small the smallest thing can can set me off in a really bad way. And, you know, it's something I'm not proud about, but it's something that I've been trying to address for years. What do you yeah. think about that, Rob? Uh, yeah, so you, you probably have an emotional streak in you. and I'm a very emotional person. Yeah, my wife is that way. It doesn't make her a bad person, nor does it make you a bad person. So are you comparing me to your wife? <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. You're in trouble. <laughs> Not nearly as good looking. <laughs> no, um, no way. I think the biggest thing I believe is is consciousness, is knowing that. And the more you're aware of that, the better you can control it when you feel it coming. Let me compare it to my sense of humor. I'm a comedian. All right, I'm a mass hole. I grew up in Massachusetts, and I have this, you know, northeast wit and sarcasm about me. When I'm not comfortable with something, I'll default to being a comedian. Even to the day it happens. It, it's, like, it's, it's like this thing that bubbles up in me and then comes out, and I start, you know. Like sarcasm or like actual comedy? Sarcasm, right. joking, uh, lightning. I'm very good at ice breaking, you know, and breaking the mood in a room where nobody knows each other. I'm hugely effective in that, and that's where humor helps. But if I'm trying to be serious, uh, like in the military profession, sense of humor doesn't always have a home there. And it's only through knowing that and being conscious of that so that when that starts to bubble up, now I can tell. I know it. I can feel it. It's almost subliminal. I don't, I don't know that it's consciously happening, unconscious maybe, but I can feel it coming up and I'll push it down. Campbell, shut up. Don't <laughs> easy, say that. Easy. My lot, watch the look. Smile, right? Take a deep breath, you know? <sighs> Let it go. And it is, and I think day in and day out, knowing what things do that to you, where those situations are, you can avoid them. You can prepare for them before that time comes. Your kid's not behaving well. Okay, you know, I got, I got to get in my mindset now and, and get to a better place in that. It, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it, it, it will always be there if you never change it. My humor will always be there. But it's a level of consciousness to, to know yourself. It's introspection and self-awareness, which is so important. And we need to do a ton of it. Not just one and done. Keep doing that, going back and visiting who you are and what this means. Today, you know, I've got introspection across in the, know, the board on several things. And, and like when my flow state, when that happens, when I come out of a coaching session and I'm levitating because I'm like, I stop and think about what was it about that that really gets me feeling this way? So it's just that deep introspection. It can be the same thing with your emotions. Like, wow. I really felt heated. My blood was boiling. I think the look on my face probably said that. What was it? Studying that, reflecting on that. So the next time it happens, you're hardening yourself. You're educating yourself. And so you're more ready for those moments. So that you help, were, Matt? Yeah, no, it, it, it does. And You look like you pissed at me. Yeah, it's that face. You, Matt, don't oh, do I'm sorry. Face. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, when I was saying in the military and in law enforcement every single day when I would put on my uniform and mm-hmm. I knew that I was on the clock, I had the consciousness of there's going to be people that don't like what I need to do. Sure. And I was always, I always had that posture. Mm. And cause I mean, I, I, and there was guys that I worked with and um, you know, on patrol and on the SWAT team that even they who are super calm natured people were like, Matt, you're like, you're like super chill. Mm-hmm. But yet I don't have that consciousness when I'm off the clock, when I'm at home, when I'm just driving down the road, it's like I let my guard down because I'm assuming, well, I'm, I'm not a cop right now. I'm, I'm not a Marine facing bad guys. I'm just 
in my cozy little environment. Yeah. And so when something does happen, I don't have that consciousness. Yeah. I'm not anticipating. I don't have the agility to be, you know, confronted by that um, resistance and 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 be able to just make an adjustment or circumvent it. Um, well, think about it this way. Have the salad, take a bite of the steak, but that's probably all you're going to get, right? When you're at work, you're on the SWAT team, you're in the military, you're going for the whole enchilada because this is, I'm, I'm eating the full meal and I'm going for it because I have to. The, the situation requires that, but it works in that scenario that I'm in. But when you're home, yeah, you know what? I'm going to let that one slide. It's, it's when, I, when I was a brigade commander, 101st, full colonel, you know, full authority. I mean, you can imagine the stroke to them, my ego. Right. Air assault? At work, yeah. yeah. It was funny. When I when he stood at attention, when he watched, that's, the, that's the most respect I've seen since I parked in the veteran-only parking space at Harris T. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cause, that Because Wilmington, North Carolina doesn't care that I'm a colonel, yeah. right? You know, Bronze Star, that's like third place in the Olympics, isn't it? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> we were just talking about it. so that the two environments that I would come to each day, like I'd be in, at work, you know, Colonel Campbell, Bastone Six, Brigade Commander, full authority, wearing that eagle rank. And within minutes, I lived on base, I'm home, and I'm dad and Rob with zero authority. Yeah. You know? And I was comfortable in both of those scenarios. Frankly, I, you know, I, I made peace with the other one where I didn't have, you know, legal authority over my sons. <laughs> you will do this because I say so, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife helped out a lot in that respect because she knows me and she can she could push my button. She knows when it's coming to that point. And, and that's another thing to help in those scenarios that those that are closest to you that know, hey, Matt, probably not a good scenario if you want you to go in the other room and I'll take care of this. Or, hey, I see it happening and just a little tap on the shoulder. It unfortunately happens at my in-laws, and I have the most incredible in-laws, but um, there's just certain dynamics that go with yeah. marrying into another family. Yeah, so, And my wife has become very tactical about that. Like, hey, you know what? Um, why don't you go sit out around the bonfire while we play a card hey, why don't game? You go, uh, why don't you catch me in the barn later? Why don't you go, go self-isolate? We love the barn. <laughs> Matt's building the barn in his yard. Yeah, yeah. he is. Rob, <laughs> you, you said something there that um, I haven't, landed the plane on and i'm wondering if it's it's be because you've had more opportunity well actually i want to ask the question if it's deliberate or if you think it's maturity where you go through a situation you talked about your coaching and you're you're levitating you're at your high and you debrief with yourself mm -hmm. you know that sounds like something that you is that natural or is that that that's learned that's trained? It's learned. So it's, it's, it's recent, Rob. I didn't always do that. Um, like I've done so much self-awareness tests, you know, the Myers-Briggs, the disc assessment, the, I mean, you just name it. Mm -hmm. And I've got a coach. I mean, I like to practice what I preach. You know, I think everyone needs a coach. Well, I have one, I have two. And my coach helped me see that, you know, measuring, like I, I would give him scenarios and tell him things that might've happened to me that week. And he would shine a light on things I couldn't see for myself and help me kind of understand what, what is my flow state? What's, what's the sweet spot for me, right? Know myself, find my playground. Because Jim Hughes is my coach. And um, he helped me see that. And it just raised my awareness. And I, I don't know that I ever had the plan to say, oh, I need to kind of unpack that and process that, do an AAR after it's done. But I, I'm more aware of that now, especially because I'm on this journey, which is hard. The Army filled my cup every day with the rank and the respect that I got and the significance that came with that position. That's gone now. So i got to fill that in other ways. And, and I do that through coaching and speaking. When I speak, I command an audience. When I coach, I'm the, I'm, I'm the leader again. I'm the colonel again. And can I just say that if you have not heard him, have you heard Rob talk? Outside of his videos, no. Because it's, well, and what we do oh, with NCVET Biz, yeah. the, you know, those the, are... That's that's the that's the humor that you bring to the room because I have that same I have that same it's just an eight you know yeah, like is. if it's if it's a quiet room and it's like oh I could fit a comedy piece yeah. in here and it's sort of lower you could feel lower the tension but yeah. no I haven't seen him in so his the, element the, when I saw him the first time I saw him in his legit element he was one of four speakers at um, our Greater Wilmington Business Journal they they have a quarterly power breakfast right. mm -hmm. so all the business leaders from the community go it's like three four hundred people and Rob was one of the the keynotes. And we're talking to three other people were some of the top CEOs in the region. 
and he was you were one of the first i think that went it was ridiculous <laughs> i mean it was spellbounding people were like I mean, I felt kind of like I was watching that opening scene right before they deployed in, in uh, We Were Soldiers. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I'm ready to fight, you know? <laughs> and it, it was just so dynamic and, like, it, it flowed so well. And then all these, you know, other business leaders were like, um. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? What yeah. do I say? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. It was a great chance to well, get you, back you, and shed light on something. Rob, you definitely have a gift for that. Absolutely. I, I love it. I mean, I... I I do. It's it's like it's artwork for me. I've always been a creator, but mm-hmm. I never really I, I couldn't do much of that in the army. I could do some, but I never wrote when I was in the army. I'm an artist, you know, and I, I create through words and it's the same thing with speaking. It's being creative with the words. The title I put on there, yeah. waterfall, that's creativity, which fulfills me. So it's a learned behavior to your question. It it's it's something I, I learned to do that I wish I had known earlier in life because it really helps me think about those things. Now, so what after that, right? It's okay. How do I replicate that? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was in that my flow state, if it made me feel good, if it gave me that peace of mind, then how do I replicate that? Well, travel more, get into places, change your environment, coach, speak, do those things you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know to kind of end our show here. That's that's what we when Matt, Evan, and I talked about doing Signal Fire. That's what we want. <laughs> to to get to that essence of yeah. what are those things that make me happy mm-hmm. that give me quality of life because when you have that when you're in that flow state when you're in momentum the other stuff doesn't have room the 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 light and the darkness if you will they can't coexist in the same space so um rob thank you really for being here be um here, i was personally enriched by that i'm gonna start asking myself a little bit more questions because as Evan and Matt will tell you, they call me a Mako shark, um, and they make fun of me because I go so fast, and I don't ever if really stop. stop. Moving, he'll die. Yeah, if I stop swimming, I'll die, man. My gills will fill up with water. But to just take a second and go, what, what did you like about that? Yeah. Why would you do? How would you do that different? How do you? How do you recreate that? Yeah. What'd that mean to? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you'll come back and join us. You bet. After the, after the third book is written? Had a ball. Oh, yeah. Third and fourth. I've got both of them in draft, so <laughs> buckle up. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes another episode of Signal Fire Radio. Special thanks to our guest, Rob Campbell, to my co-hosts, Evan, the Muscle Hamster, Anderson, and Matt. Just an all-around good dude, Mylot. We're not going to take a pop shot at you today, Mylot. <laughs> I love it. I love you, buddy. Hey, if you're listening to this, go be a Signal Fire in your community. Call a buddy, text a friend, go do something good for somebody else. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next week.